You are now tuned in to the Financial Advisors Playbook, sponsored by Carson Group. Through coaching and guidance, we make the complex simple for advisors who are in the trenches today. Each episode, we'll cover a new topic which focuses on the future of our profession and the ways in which you can achieve growth with balance. Thank you for joining us on today's latest episode of Financial Advisors Playbook. I'm Katie Worth, your host here with the Carson Group. Joining me today is Mina Burns. Hi, Katie. I'm the VP of Marketing here at Carson Group. Excited to talk about our topic today, which is love affair marketing. We're going to dig into what that means here in a second. Were you familiar with what that was before you started working at Carson Group? No, I think it kind of sounded dirty a little bit. As a marketer, I had no clue what love affair marketing is, but it is such a cool concept. I'm in love with it now, for sure. You're in love with love affair marketing. I'm in love. So tell me about a time where you were just overwhelmed by the client experience that you received. You know, I'd have to say one of the best experiences I have every single time I go here is um, it's my favorite restaurant here in Omaha. It's a little Mexican place, um, and the guy's been running it for years and years and years. The food is incredible, but that's not what keeps me going back. What keeps me going back is the fact that all of the staff there has taken the time to get to know me, get to know my family. They know every time we sit down what our favorite drinks are, so those are immediately brought over to our table. Um, If there's a special for the week or for the day, the chef will just bring it out to the table so we can try a little bit of it and see if that's what we want to order. I just love that. Some days he'll give us a free appetizer or free dessert, and it's just those little things that make a huge difference and keep me coming back there probably once a week. It's the details, and that's why I'm in love with this concept is because the provider is really focusing on the client experience and how they can go the extra mile. So we brought in our expert today, Greg Opitz, our executive coach here at Carson Group, to really talk about what is love affair marketing, getting more into the definition of it, and then give you some examples of how you can execute a Ritz-Carlton experience for your clients. Welcome, Greg. Nice to be here, Katie. Yeah, and you know, you were talking about love affair marketing like it was some sort of wild, sizzly thing that we came up with. If you really look at it at the core, love affair marketing is about a simple concept. It's about connection. And it's about the fact that you want to do business with people that you like and that you have similar, you know, um, um, passions with, right? So this is really a simple concept with a cool name, and it's founded in so much research You know, Robert Cialdini, who I think everybody knows we're a huge fan of and such, Um, Simon Sinek and and all of that as well with the why. This is a simple concept that's about um, simply understanding that all of us desire a connection in this world and connection with people that we spend time with, and this is no different. And specifically then it's taking that need for connection and it's taking that need and desire to want to do business with people that we like and that we have similar passions with and doing business with them. And how do we leverage a simple concept into having it generate business with people that you like? So this isn't just about generating new business, which it very much is. It's also about generating business with people that you're gonna enjoy having as clients for many years to come. Yeah, and really just starting off the experience and and 
focusing on the sensors. So for example, Jane, who is our love affair marketer at our sister firm, the Carson Wealth, uh, she has cookies baking uh, for clients when they're walking in the door. She has, uh, you know, their favorite newspaper ready for them to read and also really just focusing on what's their favorite drink having it ready for them or being able to bring up topics about their favorite sports team just preparing for their visit so their experience makes them feel that much more special jane is so good at her job i have to say she i think part of her talent comes from listening and paying attention to the details a couple examples that i've seen her do with clients of carson wealth um there was one client who mentioned when he came in the door that he he just loves the coffee here. So he you know he made himself a cup of coffee, went into his meeting with his advisor. While he was in the meeting, Jane went into the break room and ground some coffee for him to take home so he could have the Carson Wealth coffee at home as well. And that just made the biggest difference for the client, the fact that he made just a small comment, wasn't expecting anything, but she took it the extra mile and gave him a little something to take home. Um, so special. Another thing was, I think there was a client who had just loved dogs, and Jane is also a dog lover. So while that client was in a meeting with the advisor and Jane had her lunch break, she ran to the pet store and got a couple of dog treats and toys for that client to take home. So it's just paying attention to the little details. She strikes up a conversation with them while they're waiting in the lobby. Um, and I think the clients really appreciate and you know, they love Jane because of that. And she's so great at what she does. She really is. So Greg, talk to us a little bit about different activities outside of those that we just mentioned that advisors can focus on. Well, so many. So, so you mentioned the, the uh, example with, with the dog. So I remember I was so new here and I used to look at, we gather this type of information and I heard that story about Jane, right? So when, when that client comes in kind of crying about, my puppy just ate another purse, right? So as this client's sitting there going, oh my goodness, this puppy's costing me hundreds of dollars in new purses and new shoes because he's chewing everything up, she goes and buys some chew toys, right? So what I would suggest with your question, there are opportunities everywhere in almost every meaningful conversation we have to find things. And if we all just listen, it's frightening how many opportunities we come up with. So for example, I think about Love Affair Marketing applied from a coaching perspective. Every time a member mentions to me they have a, a new grandson or granddaughter or son or daughter or anything along those lines, I immediately have a gift to send out to them, right? Every time somebody has an illness in the family, I immediately have something to send out to them. Um, if I know somebody, I have multiple advisors I work with who love the fish the way I do. It's frightening how many pictures I have of fish, many of which still get, you know, are back in the water swimming free today after a picture they've <laughs> taken. So uh, I would suggest the activities are endless. And to Mina's point, we simply have to have a process up front of gathering those things that your clients like to do understanding the things that they like to do. You mentioned some of the things um, so, that, so that we can respond to it. Um, and then the other thing is we have to train ourselves to listen to those opportunities. So it's almost like you want to have, think about when you go to a friend's house or think about when some buddies and you are doing something. They know what you like. So, I, so for example, I fish a lot. 
And, and the one buddy, he packs the cooler, I get my boat ready, all of that. He knows the beverages I like, all of those things. So I don't have to tell him, throw this in the cooler. I know it's going to be there. Think about knowing your clients at that level so you don't have to ask them for things. It's just waiting there for them. And now think about the different level of experience that generates versus having to ask them, right? So that's what we're talking about. Gathering information, listening well, and simply responding to it. The list then is endless. So Greg, you, can do. you mentioned um, part of it is having a process for love of fair marketing. You're on the phone with advisors all the time. You're getting feedback from them. You're sharing best practices. What are some effective processes you've seen when it comes to Love Affair Marketing? Well, the processes I think up front are, once again, gathering information about what you like uh, or what the client likes and just having a form and then a good, um, client, a good CRM that you can put the information into the CRM that you can sort it and, and such and then you know about it. Yeah, at for, Carson for, Group, we have an extensive questionnaire actually already developed where they're asking, what is your favorite drink? What's your sports team, et cetera? So then you have all that marked in the CRM. Correct. So then, what, so then it's just a matter of having uh, all this data in your CRM from day one. So not just you, but anybody else out there that's going to have contact with that client can quickly look and see some of the things. Now, over time, what will happen is you'll get to um, uh, know people really well. But you know, the older I get, the tougher it is for me to remember everything. I having it written. I kind of like it's kind of good for me to have all these notes in the system and a really good CRM. So I think part of it is right out of the gate, get this information, get it into your CRM, make sure that everybody on your team is good about looking at that information as they meet with folks and such. Then from there, I think it's pretty easy to start to say, "Wow, I have all these clients that love music." Well, I think about, you know, every year we do the um, Jazz on the Green here in town, right? Yeah. Or is that the name? Uh, so, and everybody's down on a Thursday night having a glass of wine, listening to music. So once you start to figure out who are those, you know, music lovers for clients and stuff, then it's easy from a process perspective to create activities and events around some of those prospects, uh, uh, some, of those, some of those passions. So... Um, it starts with information up front, a good CRM, and then a mindset that everybody is going to tap into that when it comes to your event planning, follow-up, and just normal conversations with those clients. You know, and I'm glad you mentioned that this really applies to the whole team because we're talking about Jane, our director of first impressions, and how great she is, is at incorporating love affair marketing into her role. But really, every single person, regardless of their position, should be considering love affair marketing and how they can tap into the information that's collected up front during that process. It, it is, and it becomes a culture. I remember back um, with old Carson Group Coaching, um, we even had a quarterly bonus set up where we had to do X number of random acts of kindness. So we were consciously on the lookout to make sure we were doing random act of kindness so we could get to a certain number, which was part of our bonus structure. Well, we don't, uh, our bonus structure now has been altered a bit, but the culture and the mentality has not changed, right? We are still always on the lookout to saying, what can we do from a random act perspective to, to, to do something to deepen a relationship with a client that's all around little things that's centered around what's going on in their life or the passions that they have. 
And it's funny because once you get into the habit of doing this at work, so, you know, somebody says something and you're jotting down notes, putting that into your CRM system, I found myself getting into the habit of doing the same exact thing in my personal life. So if I'm talking to my mom and she mentions something she likes or we're at the store and she points something out, I go into my phone and I just jot down a little note in the notes section. So I have gift ideas for Mother's Day or her birthday. So this has helped me not only professionally, but in my personal life as well. Yeah, and then you mentioned process and systems. So we have a great administrative team on Carson Group Coaching. So I think about then the process for them and, and I'll share one little quick story. So when members have um, a son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter, I'll just send an email over to our admin team to say send the normal kind of gift, which is, which is this wonderful little uh, baby gift and this blanket and all of that. So I remember doing that for a member. And understand, this is a, a longtime member who's getting a lot of substantive value from me. At least I like to believe you know, he is. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I'm notified that he has a little granddaughter. I send him, or I shouldn't say I did, admin team actually gets all the credit, sends him this blanket. This blanket arrives at his business on a Monday afternoon. That Monday night was a baby shower. So he's like, oh, I'll just rewrap this. He rewraps <laughs> the gifts, takes it to the baby shower. His wife is like, oh my goodness, that's so thoughtful, that's so wonderful. And he was this hero at this event. So when he chatted with me, he calls me and said, Greg, you made me the, 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 the best grandpa ever. And he was like, and everybody was like going, oh my goodness, look what grandpa did, this was so cool. I gotta thank you for this. So here it is during coaching calls, he keeps bringing up this blanket, right? So it's this, it's this connection things that matter so much to the relationship um, that for, the, for a while, though, that was more important to him than the content from the coaching call, which for the advisor, at times, that's more important than what might be going on in the market or a performance in their account, right? So I think just about the power of this is, is amazing. And I'll share a, a couple more. Whenever, back to your good question, Mina, about process. So whenever somebody has a major illness with a family member, uh, we send this wonderful healing blanket that has all these positive affirmations on the blanket. And it's a very nice, warm, fuzzy blanket, but all these positive affirmations. I have text messages from members with loved ones in a recovery room after a major surgery with that blanket wrapped around them, and in ICUs with that blanket wrapped around them. Um, you think that deepened the connection with that member, right? So a very systemized thing, whenever somebody's you know unwell, I can, I can have the admin team send something that's very efficient, very easy, um, knowing that we're thinking about them. So that is love affair marketing, is finding those abilities for us as people and as humans to connect with folks that, that we not just do business with, but people that we like. Yeah. So, and and one, one last quick comment. You know, Robert Cialdini, and I think people know how much of a fan I am of Robert Cialdini, has this great concept, and one of the Cialdini principles is, it's not enough to like your clients. Your clients have to know you like them. So I think you know, love affair marketing and random acts of kindness and doing you know, events around passion prospecting gives you that opportunity to tell your clients that you like them. And that's why this is so powerful and at the same time so easy. Exactly. I mean, that way you make people feel is what they remember most. 
And that's why we incorporate the emotion side into the relationship. And what I love is that you can extend this past just your clients. It also can be with your centers of influence and any of the relationships in the business in general to just deepen those and, and make sure that you are getting people from all different sides for support. We have a couple partner firms who are great at um, the love affair marketing with COI, centers of influence. Um, what I've noticed that's been a very popular thing to do is during tax season, those who have CPA firms in their network of centers of influence will put together a tax season survival kit and include, you know, little snacks, maybe some ibuprofen for those long days and headaches, some five-hour energies or Red Bulls, all sorts of fun little things that they'll put into this um, basket, and then an advisor will, will hand deliver it to the CPA firm. Um, and I've, I've known a few advisors who have actually built relationships from scratch by doing just that one thing. It's definitely effective and appreciated. I, I agree. I was gonna, you're going with the same one I always like to use. And it's funny how they'll, they'll spread it out over a eight or ten day period, you know, the first two weeks of April there to, to deliver a little package each of those days, right? right. And, and it's just, once again, you're top of mind. Um, uh, they know you're thinking about them. It's just a great way to, to develop a relationship. And we could go on and on and give you guys more examples of what it means to be a love affair marketer. But you could also find out more resources and content from us on, at carsongroup.com. If you'd like to email us a question, please send us that question through info at carsongroup.com. Thanks again for joining us today, Greg. Katie, always, always wonderful being here. And, and if we kept going, we could go for hours talking about all these great examples that I've witnessed over the years. The bottom line is you like to do things, your clients like to do things, put some events around those type of things, and you'll be successful with this concept. Yeah, and we'll continue to give you guys examples through our other episodes. But uh, Mina, anything to sign off on? Oh, you're putting me on the spot here, Katie. Um, no, I, you know, really what I want to resonate with everyone today is, you know, we're here in the trenches. We see firsthand how effective love affair marketing is and what a difference maker it is as you're trying to really make a sharp, exceptional client experience. So we definitely recommend all advisors incorporate this into their strategy. Like Katie mentioned, if you have any questions for us or even ideas that you'd like to bounce off the team, we're happy to be a source for you. And Mina, it's nice doing the stuff that's not complicated. This isn't complicated. It's not difficult. You just need to do it. So impactful things that are easy to do, that's low-hanging fruit. So please, everybody out there, embrace this concept. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Financial Advisors Playbook. If you're interested in learning more about how we make the complex simple for financial advisors and the investors they serve, check us out at carsongroup.com. To hear additional episodes or suggest a topic of discussion, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts.